You're listening to You've Been Hanged, hosted by Hank Griffin, writer, man of faith, Parkinson's warrior, traveling man, and storyteller. Wonderful stories, home cooking, thoughtful lessons, and candor about life with Parkinson's are his to share. Relax for the next several minutes with your friend, neighbor, and brother who loves you. Dub, Karate, and Taylor Swift. My dad, I've always called him Dub, was a badass. Maybe all sons think of their fathers that way. I don't know. The thing is, my dad really was. He was strong in the way that a man becomes when he works hard on the farm, cutting wood, operating heavy machinery, building barbed wire fences and raising watermelons, and if that weren't enough, Dub ran and lifted weights all the time. He was physically powerful, but not only that, Dub wanted to learn how to fight, and to do so with real skill. He sought out a student of the great martial artist Joe Lewis and said, teach me to fight. Blaylock was his name. I got to know Sensei Blaylock reasonably well after my father died. We spoke about Dub on numerous occasions. I recall his laughter. Hank, he said, Dub came to us knowing nothing about the martial arts. He was raw meat, and that's how we treated him. Then Sensei's face grew serious. The thing about your dad was he was intelligent. He was gifted where fighting was concerned. He may have started out raw meat, but he didn't remain that way for long. In those early days, we beat on him week after week, but he learned, he stuck with it, he persevered, and soon the tables turned. Dub didn't care a whit for the belt system. He wanted to learn to fight and to fight well, and boy did he. He refused to test beyond purple belt, and eventually none of the black belts would fight him anymore. It was just too humiliating for him to always lose to a fighter who was only a purple belt. Eventually, Dub learned all he could from Sensei Blaylock, or all he chose to. To more fully flesh out his fighting skill, Dub also studied boxing. Just as with karate, my father became an accomplished boxer. The memory I have of my father's considerable physical and martial prowess is not merely that of a son who loves his father, and is proud of him. Certainly, there's much of that present here, but more than that. My assertion is based on personal recollection and several interviews I've conducted with those who taught him, trained with him, as well as those who had the real misfortune of fighting him in earnest, as well as those who witnessed the same. My dad was a badass for real. There are some who will hear this roll their eyes, perhaps even tune out, giving in to a modern inclination that such things are foolish. Y'all have a good day. More power to you. I am no modern man, no ma'am. I'm a relic, a feral child of the 20th century, and I'm incredibly proud of my late father. Heck, I even take pride in being proud of him. Dub was a warrior. I am the son of a warrior who aspires to be likewise. My first introduction to the martial arts was in the front yard of our home with my father. He did his best to teach me to box, kick, block, and move. Sadly, he died before he was able to impart as much as either of us would have liked. Dub wasn't gentle, nor was he overly rough. He wanted us to know how to fight, what it was all about. 
and he did his best to teach us. Decades later, I was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. For those of you who may not know it, Parkinson's sucks. I've had it now for most 20 years. Did I mention that Parkinson's sucks? If I didn't, I meant to because it does. Parkinson's sucks. The disease has repeatedly and consistently worked to put me in a wheelchair. Y'all, I don't want to live my life in a wheelchair. In order to stave off that fate, I've worked hard to be physically active. Initially, I did so by engaging in a habit of walking. My dogs and I have walked many, many thousands of miles to safeguard my future ability to keep on walking. As the years passed, this was no longer enough by itself. In March of 2022, my neurologist, who is also a respected movement disorder specialist, that's somebody who specifically treats Parkinson's and other similar diseases, advised me that I needed to begin physical therapy right away or I'd be in a wheelchair by the year's end. I'm sure you can imagine that she had my undivided attention. The thing is, I hate physical therapy. I don't mean to suggest I'd rather be in a wheelchair than to engage in it, but, oh, y'all... I really don't like physical therapy. After several minutes of negotiation, my excellent doctor reluctantly agreed to accept the study of a martial art in lieu of PT if I could find a will in dojo, and I actually followed through with it. I did not then appreciate how difficult finding a dojo would be. I talked to many. None were willing to take on a Parkinson's patient, not one. Eventually, realizing that I'd run out of options on my own, I got on my knees and I asked my creator for help. No answer was immediately forthcoming. I decided to follow the example of the old widow in the book of Luke who weird the judge until she got what she needed. Day after day, for weeks, I returned to my knees to importune the good Lord until one day and most unexpectedly, I received a phone call from a man I'd gotten to know over the preceding six months. He and I were friendly. We're both Latter-day Saints. We're both Masons. Brother Hank, he began. I know what I'm about to tell you may seem odd, but I've been praying this morning and felt prompted to call you. I'm a fervent believer in the power of the Holy Spirit, but I'll not lie. It did seem a little odd until he said, I don't think you know this about me, but... I've been practicing martial arts since I was five years old and teaching it for more than 50 years. No, sir. I did not know that, I said. While praying earlier, I felt prompted to call you to invite you to my dojo to train with me. Will you do that? Well, when would you like for me to come? Are Wednesdays good for you? Wednesdays have proven to be incredibly good for me now for some 20 months. Under the careful instruction of my friend, brother, and sensei, I've learned much, grown stronger, progressed through several belt ranks, and continued towards the noble and worthy goal of earning a first black belt. Six months after beginning my martial arts journey, I met with my neurologist, who was astonished with my progress and no longer concerned about my imminent descent into immobility. Since then, I've undergone significant surgery that, combined with my work in the martial arts, will help more fully ensure my future quality of life. Over the course of the last two years, or very nearly two years, I've been incredibly blessed to meet, get to know, train with, and be instructed by a large number 
of master martial artists. Ironically, given the stage of my life, I'm the youngest in the group, both in age and certainly in terms of skill level. Many of these master martial arts practitioners have studied the art longer than I've been alive. Even those for whom this is not true have earned advanced black belts. The least skilled in this august group, and the word least is used with more than a little reserve and trepidation here. Even he has earned a fourth-degree black belt. Many of these profoundly skilled warriors practice and have mastered a variety of martial arts in addition to the shore and rue that we practice together. Boxing, Tai Chi, Arnis, and many more hard and soft martial arts make their significant influence known in the dojo and to my real benefit. I'm blessed to have made good friends with many of these truly gifted men, each of whom has earned my genuine respect. Recently, after an excellent class, we gathered at a local cafe to share a meal together. At the table were nine men, eight men of advanced rank in the martial arts, and me, a humble brown belt who knows he's just blessed to be there. As we ate, the topic of discussion ranged far and wide, as is so often the case. We heard good-natured taunts, jabs, and observations regarding the work that had just occurred in the dojo. There was an announcement involving the upcoming class schedule that is required to take into account the Super Bowl. It would require effort for me to care any less about football, so I'm always surprised when I find that the Super Bowl will have any effect on my life. It does, though. On these occasions, I find it best just to nod and smile. As I nodded and smiled, the conversation turned to a new topic, one in which some of the group were pleased to find a new way to be of service to the state in which we reside, one that impressed me and made me, if anything, even more proud to be associated with these good men. It's an interesting group, primarily older men, but of varied backgrounds. Among our number are electricians, old cops, computer scientists, biologists, federal marshals, retired military men, and more. There are masons, including at least four past masters, Mormons, Jewish men, Catholics, Protestants, men who give the appearance of being more or less agnostic, Italians, and at least one East Texan who Hails from beautiful. A love of the martial arts and bonds of friendship unite that diverse body. We ate soups, salads, sandwiches, and food of many kinds. While eating, we talked, questioned, answered, and laughed. The volume of conversation increased and decreased as men took turns talking and trying to be heard. Jokes were told, stories exchanged, laughter was heard, concern for those absent expressed. At one point, I realized, to my surprise, that two of the men were talking about Taylor Swift. I listened to see where this thread of conversation might lead and found myself more than a little surprised. There was nothing crude, no unkindness. I was both surprised and more than a little pleased. While I'm not particularly a fan of Miss Swift, neither am I a detractor. I have little or no experience with her, as I don't generally listen to her kind of music, although I just love Alex Boyer's cover of Swift's song, Shake It Off. 
When it comes to football, well, I'm disinterested to the point of abstract boredom. What was not boring was the conversation. These good men were, to my real surprise, speaking of Taylor Swift in the kindest, glowing terms. There was respect for her in their words. I couldn't help but chuckle. There I was sitting at a table of eight real and indisputable badasses. The likelihood of a table of similarly capable martial artists gathered for dinner within a hundred miles, heck, five hundred miles, was almost negligible. Those men, good men, men worthy of respect for their collective good, accomplishments, and the real and entire probability of their reigning on the parade of any group of troublemakers, were talking in the kindest way about Taylor Swift a young woman for whom their apparently heartfelt kindness only raised them in my esteem and regard. What's so funny, Hank? One asked. I tried to express what was going through my mind, but realized that I would just probably sound like a jerk and soon tried to steer the conversation away from myself altogether. Not long after, the time for eating and socializing was done. Each man had other commitments. We rose, paid, shook hands, exchanged good wishes, and went about our respective lives. For my part, I'm glad this kind of group of martial artists have permitted me to become part of their training and social circle. I'd like to think my dad, Dub, would both like and respect these men. Most of them are approximately his age, if he were still alive. I think... If he were here to get to know them, he'd fit in with them remarkably well. He, like them, and they, like him, are all good men, able men, determined, hard workers, and gifted and brutal fighters. Yeah, he'd have liked them a lot, just like I do. Much love, Hank. You've been hanked. Thanks for listening to You've Been Hanked. If you enjoyed today's episode, do us a favor. Like, share, subscribe, and comment. It's easy and really makes a difference. Please help Hank help others by increasing the reach of You've Been Hanked.